0: On the throw to first base, and the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. We're where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team's every day, the only and fastest-growing daily Royals podcast. I'm your host. Rylan Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles, it's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And so on today's show, we're going to talk about the latest deal between Major League Baseball and the Players Association that came out last night, courtesy of ESPN's Jeff Passan and all that that deal entails. But first, I want to talk to you about our good friends over at Withings. Do you hate stepping on the scale? it's because you have not met the right one yet. A company called Withings produced the world's first ever smart scale, and they're still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale in 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for their durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every way in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. A lot of smart scales do not have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trends, and even a local weather report on the scale. The scale can support up to eight users, and even know who is who. So here's the deal: you can get 25% off your Withings Body Plus right now at Withings.com for a very limited time. Go to Withings.com. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com backslash MLB to get 25% off. So really, this whole week has been covering possible deals, potential deals. And now we have the real deal from the MLB and Players Association. It's an uncertain time around the nation, around the globe, but especially around baseball. So let's focus on that for right now. And the MLB and Players Association have come to agreement on a contingency plan that covers all possible outcomes from this COVID-19 season delay Obviously yesterday was supposed to be opening day. We're supposed to have regular season baseball yesterday and all throughout the summer, but instead we're still left with no baseball. Let's start with one of the topics that I find most interesting about this whole ordeal is the MLB draft. And we talked about the possibilities that the draft would not happen, period. And I was very vocal on this podcast this week and also the last week about how just awful that idea is, how how impossible. That idea is, and that teams have to have the chance to draft prospects and to fill their prospect system, their farm system, and help grow their team, especially when you look at small markets like the Royals, like the Rays, like the Indians even, who spend all of their resources in the draft, and that's how they become championship core teams, championship winning teams. So you need the draft every year. You cannot postpone the draft. You can cut cost on a lot of different ways in baseball. You can cut corners a lot of different ways, but you cannot cut out the MLB draft. So the MLB draft will happen this year, and it will be in late July instead of uh, mid-June. And it's going to be five to ten rounds only. The ten rounds seems like the max, five seems like the low end. And that's really interesting because, number one, with this setup, I think that we see a ton of college prospects drafted. I think we see a ton of college prospects and not that many high school uh, prospects. Because you only have 5 to 10 rounds, you need a bigger body of work against a a bigger sample size against larger and better competition than what you find in most high schools. You need them to be able to play on that big stage. And the College World Series, big colleges, those are big stages for guys. On top of all that, you're going to need to draft players who are MLB ready because this just does not stop after this year. If you're only going to have five to ten rounds of the draft this year, that is basically half of a draft class, less than half of a normal draft class. So on down the line, you are going to be penalized for this if you're a team like the Royals building through the draft. So you do not have the luxury or the time to sit around and hope that a high school prospect like a Bobby Witt Jr., who the Royals drafted last year, can develop and grow and and accelerate his potential, accelerate his his development. You're going to need guys who can play as soon as possible. And generally speaking, the, the prospects who play right away are college prospects. You look at Brandon Finnegan, the old Royals pitcher who eventually was traded to the Reds. He went from the College World Series to the World Series in the same season that that is the kind of poster child for why college prospects are generally more ready than high school ones and with only 10 selections you're going to need the help you all the help you can get in this class because again you're basically skipping a year without skipping a year you do not have the time to wait around and develop these high school kids whenever we come to 2024 you're going to need talent there cheap talent controllable talent drafted talent so it's going to be interesting to see the strategies and the ways that GMs decide to go about this and I think that with that if it is going to go the way I think it will which is going to be drafting a ton of college prospects then that has a huge trickle-down effect on colleges because you're going to see a huge influx of of top high school talent that does not go that that goes undrafted so they're going to go to college Because MLB is also limiting a rule of you can only spend up to $10,000 on undrafted prospects. While that may sound good to some of those prospects who are looking to go in the 30th round, because that's kind of your slot anyways, about $10,000, a little bit more obviously, but about $10,000, that's kind of your average. That does not sound good to the, you know, high, you know, high 11th round pick in high school who can just go to college and improve his draft stock. Where he would have gotten a little bit more money, say if you're at that 11th round or something like that. And again, I don't think that this follows the same formula anymore. I don't think we see a ton of high schoolers being drafted. So even the the cream of the crop in high school might go undrafted. So they're going to go to college. And what does that mean? The fringe college players, you know, if, if you're a D1 player who really should be playing in Division 2, but you got on at a Division 1 and you're just hanging on to that roster spot and you're trying to make way. If they bring in one of the top high school players that they did not expect to be a college player at all, they expected to go to the OMB draft and sign in the OMB draft, you're going to get pushed down to D2. So then at D2, you're going to see a huge influx of talent because D2 already has guys who get drafted every year. Now you're bringing, you know, fringe D1 prospects in there, that that makes a more competitive field in Division 2. It'll be good for college baseball, but it can also change the tide here and make it so where we're drafting more and more college players each year. And that could become the new the new norm. I don't think it will, because the the youth and the upside and the the, the ability to mold a player from 18 into what you want him to be is still going to be appealing to these GMs once once we get past this. But for here and now, with five to ten rounds, you're going to need more stability. You're going to need more of a sure thing. And while no prospect is a sure thing, for sure, they the college prospects have given you a bigger sample size. Three years of college against good competition on a, on a big stage. So I think that this year we see a ton of, of college prospects, but it's still good news for the Royals because we went from possibly not having a draft at all to now having at least five rounds, maybe ten. Which, again, it's not ideal, but the teams needed a shot to draft, guys. They need they needed a shot. You get, every draft is throwing darts at a dartboard blind, but you still need that opportunity to throw. So other details around this arrangement. As I said yesterday, the owners did cave on the service time argument. Players will get service time no matter if we have a season or not. So uh, the example of Mookie Betts, if he plays 80 games, 60 games, or zero games, he is a free agent after this season. So maybe you reevaluate winners and losers from that trade. Maybe you don't. But, but for example, he's the he's the best one to use in baseball circles. Uh, obviously, for the Royals, you lose a year of control over Whit Merrifield and Jorge Soler automatically this year. How does the trade deadline get impacted by this? That's something that still has not been answered, although we've got an answer to uh, a ton of things already. That's one that hasn't been answered, and I don't think can be answered until we know how many games there are, when the games will happen, etc., etc. So that's a piece of news that we found out yesterday, but here's the rest of the agreement. They're hopeful to start spring training by late May and start opening day by early June. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. Uh, Rob Manfred said that on Scott Van Pelt, uh, uh, Sports Center at Night on ESPN. I don't like putting a timeline on things officially like this. Uh, of course, you've seen no other leagues do this. Uh, no other league has said, hey, this is when we're going to start. This is when we're going to do opening day. They've all just said suspended indefinitely. But Rob Manfred, again, puts a timeline on it the same way he put a timeline on the first suspension and said it would be two weeks after opening day. That's obviously not going to happen. Uh, so I don't like going out there publicly with your plan in this sense, but it is what it is. This is what they have chosen to do. So again, we're looking at a late May, early June opening day. So after the break, we'll talk about the newest pieces of this MLB and MLBPA agreement and how it affects the Kansas City Royals after the break on the Locked On Royals podcast a part of the Locked on Podcast Network. So welcome back to the Locked On Royals Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter, at Rylan underscore styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So the biggest piece of news is that the MLB Players Association has agreed that the regular season can can spell over up until October 31st. So from whatever time that we pick up baseball, the two sides agree that the regular season can go into October 31st. Interesting nugget there. The most fascinating nugget from this whole entire agreement is that the postseason could expand this year to 14 teams. And I see a lot of team, I see a lot of fans saying why, 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 why would they do this? Why would they think about expanding? How does this help anything? Again, I refer back to last year. At the 80-game mark, we saw the Rangers in the postseason. We saw the Rockies in the postseason. Those two teams finished well outside the postseason. The Nats were in disarray. They won the World Series. So, in order to combat a team getting a hot start, you need to expand the playoff field and try to get the the right teams in there to crown a true champion. Because you look at this Kansas City Royals team, okay? I know nationally t- uh, media members are down on this team, they're overlooking this team. Go into that lineup. That's a competitive lineup, folks. Wet Merrifield, Jorge Soler, Hunter Dozier. That's three all star level bats. I like the upside of Nikki Lopez. I like the upside of of, of Michael Franco. I like the upside in this lineup. Alex Gordon, what does he bring to the table? uh, Alberto Montesi. We haven't seen a full season from him yet, but but if he can keep hitting triples and finding gaps, that's a big bonus to your lineup. Ryan O'Hearn and Ryan McBroom were raking in spring training. So, This Salvador Perez is back, which is a huge deal that no one is talking about. A silver slugger candidate at that catcher spot, that's a huge deal. So this lineup is is a very, very competitive one. That lineup is capable in a weak AL Central to get hot, start out hot, win games quickly if they can get a little bit of help on the mound from Danny Duffy, Mike Montgomery, Brad Keller. You see Trevor Rosenthal and Josh Stomont having great springs in the bullpen. Can Ian Kennedy return to one of the best closers in baseball last year? This is a team that is built to surprise people. That's going to be competitive. And if the ball bounces their way, which it did in 2014, it did in 2015. If the ball bounces their way, they can, in 80 games, they can be in playoff conversation. They can be right there. This is not the Orioles, where there's absolutely no hope whatsoever. Albeit the Royals' hope is a ton of what-ifs. What if Michael Franco turns it around? What if Nicky Lopez explodes onto the scene? What if Jorge Lopez turns into a, a pitcher that we all thought he could be? What if Danny Duffy finally has that breakout? At least the possibilities are there. And in 80 games, which I've been saying since January, when this podcast started, I said in January, this team can be the Texas Rangers of last year. They can win a ton of games in the first half before falling out and and leveling out at the tail end of the AL. Middle of the AL, tail end of the AL. If there's no second half of the year in the sense of 162 games, if there's no second half, if there's no second portion here, and you get out and play a good 80-game stretch, you're in, baby. So you need to expand the field to kind of combat that a little bit. And again, for the Royals, if you expand that field, if you can just hang around and get that seventh spot in the AL, once you're in the dance, anything's possible. And again... It's easy to talk about this from the Royals' perspective because all you have to do is point to the two World Series runs in my lifetime in 2014 and 2015. How does... How? How do they come back against the A's? How do they come back against the Astros? How do they come back in Game 1? How does Hosmer make that mad dash home in Game 5? How does Christian Colon, who's never played in the postseason, who didn't have an at-bat that postseason, come through and get the game-winning hit to to take the lead and and, and against the Mets. He's the one that brought in the winning run, the eventual winning run. How? So you just got to get in the dance. And, And if we're only playing 80 games, this Royals team has a shot. Now, if we're playing 162, if we're playing a full season, they have no shot. But if we're only playing 80 or less, they have a shot. An outside shot, but a shot. So that's interesting to note there in this whole agreement. Transactions will be frozen from now until we have a start time. This should have already happened. Uh, there was rumor that it did happen, but it obviously did not. It's official now that there's going to be no transactions from now until we have a start time this season. Roster sizes are looking to increase to start this year. Not surprising if we're only going to get Maybe two weeks in May to warm up our arms and and get back in the groove of baseball. You're gonna need, especially more pitchers. You're gonna need more pitchers on pitchers on your roster to let everyone stretch out and not overwork anyone. Especially if we're gonna talk about doubleheaders, and in this agreement, it, that's kind of mentioned. The league cannot dictate solely how many games we play, when we play, and all that all that goes into that the scheduling. They have to do it in conjunction with the players. And this is put in there simply for doubleheaders. So the league can't mandate that everyone plays doubleheaders every single day or two times a week or three times a week without the player's approval. Because doubleheaders, obviously, we're down a roster. We're down a pitching staff. The players won't say in how many doubleheaders there are. I don't blame them. That's an agreement in there. Uh, So look forward to that. Once we see a schedule, we'll know that both sides co-signed on it. And then both sides agreed to be willing to play postseason games at neutral sites. talked about this yesterday. I don't like the neutral site factor in baseball because a lot of times fans have waited a long time to see their team in the playoffs to take that away from their home ballpark. It's not ideal, but this is not ideal times. Uh, You know, it's going to be a A wild season, no matter how you slice it. It it does suck that it would happen in this economy to where a lot of people are falling on hard times right now economically and probably don't make that trip to Miami. Probably don't make that trip to L.A. from, From, say, Kansas City, from Texas, from Minnesota, wherever. From New York, even. So it does suck in that sense, but obviously more baseball does help. On Monday's show, I want to talk about uh, the TV market because a lot of these leagues are saying, hey, you know what, let's just start the year and we'll make up all this revenue in the TV market, which individually sounds fine. But when three sports are doing that at the same time, how does the TV market work out? We'll talk about that Monday on the Locked On Rose podcast. This is the Lockdown Royals Podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every single day. I appreciate all the support this week and throughout the life of this podcast. We'll be back next week every single day to talk about baseball and your Kansas City Royals. If you have any suggestions or topics for the show, email them, lockdownroyals at gmail.com, or tweet me at Ryland underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be sure to subscribe and review the show wherever you get your podcast from. On Apple Podcasts, preferably five stars. It helps other people find the show. Let me know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, and how we can improve again over on Twitter or the email. So be good and be good to one another. And we'll see you Monday on the Locked On Royals podcast.